red light's on. Um, I have a red light. Okay. Me too. All right. Then I think we're in R- R- Roxanne, is that you? Mm-hmm. I'm here. You don't have to put on the red light, you know. But I did, nonetheless. Okay. Nevertheless, the red light persisted. Um, welcome to what else, Thanya St. John. Thanya, Thank what's you, your, Nick do you, Marcos. Do you, do you have a middle name? Why don't I know that? I should know this. Guess. I've literally known you my whole life and I don't know. Is it an L? No. You won't guess it. Well, I'm named after my two grandfathers. Um, Athanasios. Right, so that's the one. And your other one is going to be... The same thing. Your your two cousins are named. Right, so you have some kind of Constantine. Correct. What variation is it for you on your birthday? Constantina, Constance. I, it, it's the Americanized Constance. Okay. That's what it says on your, uh, on your birth certificate? Yes. Okay. Far out. I probably knew that at some point, but I definitely had lost that piece of information in the, in the stacks as we went along. Um, all right. So we're, let's talk about some stuff. Um, cool. Uh, here's a question... I have for you. Um, what what kind of kid do you think you were? Like when you think back to your childhood, like what's your picture of yourself? Okay, are we coming clean here that we're cousins and we've known each other since yeah, before we you were born? Sure. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. All right. What question do you? How do you think I'm going to answer that question? I was never a kid. the minute all of you people were born i suddenly became thrust into the world of adults yeah because i was i was like six years older than all of you five and a half or six years so it was like me against a herd of mongrels coming behind me six years behind because there was really nobody that was parallel with you right in terms of cousins for you well i didn't say it that way you did well, you're unparalleled. Of course. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, I guess I'm thinking about it, right? Like the f- is a age, no. I have right? nobody. nobody. I mean, it's not like you guys aren't my age now, but back yes, then, but it back was then, a then, huge, huge difference, difference yeah. right? Yeah. So I just became this kind of okay. Can you take care of all the kids? Can you? It's like y- right. you. Not when you were infants, but yeah, yeah. kind of, because right. there were so many of you infants at once. I mean, you guys were all born within three or four years of each yeah. other, and suddenly six more people were in our family than I, I had all of the relatives for six years to myself. Sure, sure. Yeah, and then the your reign was uh, upset. Um, did that carry, you think that carried over into like how you were like at school and things like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I also think that you're sort of born with the temperance that you have. You're either a level-headed sort of more mature person or you're a joie de vivre kind of wanting to take a bite out of life at every, every chance you can get. So yeah. I, am, I, am, I am not a risk taker. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> that kind of makes a difference. But when you, when you really think about it, how could I be a risk taker when I was put sort of, it, it, I was put in the responsible position sure, right. for a whole exactly. bunch of people very early on. 
yeah, you were put in a position where you you sh- you would have been in big trouble if you had taken too many risks, right? I was Jack on Lost, not Sawyer. Mm, okay, noted. It's a deep cut. And I just I just binged Lost, so now I'm like I got Lost on the brain. Did you like it? <laughs> yeah, I did like it. I liked it better than I thought I was going to like it. Okay. Um, I mean, I was with I was with my mother, and she hadn't seen any of it either, and she w- she didn't think she was going to like it, and we both kind of just watched three episodes a night for a month and a half, and <laughs> we even liked the finale. Everybody said, "Oh, you're going to hate the finale," and it's like I I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of decent. I uh. I don't, I've only seen a couple episodes. My recollections of it are one, that there's one episode where there's a great use of um, the Mama Cass Elliot song, Make Your Own Kind of Music. In, like there's an opening scene and the guy's yeah. doing something like shaving music in a bunker or whatever. So, but it's such a great use of, of that song. That's one of the only things I remember. And then my sense was I watched a few episodes. I'm like, this is sort of seemed to me to be maybe not the first, but sort of the quintessential um, series where it like it's setting you up and setting you up and setting you up and setting you up and nothing really happens or really resolves, which to me is like what I refer to as the J.J. Abrams effect, which is like, oh boy, I'm really getting excited for something. Here it comes, here it comes. And then it's like, it's the end. And you're like, wait a minute. Well, it's just an endless loop of what ifs. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cool when you binge it because you get enough story at a time, yeah. but I could, I couldn't even imagine waiting a week in between every yeah. episode. I, I just, I don't think I would have the patience for that. It was hard enough to do that on Game of Thrones, which was only 10 episodes. And then you had to wait like a year and a half, but at least they were just so epic, those episodes and, and so much happened in each episode. Um, like that this show one was... Did I like Game of Thrones? Yeah, overall. I, until the last season, I loved Game of Thrones. Okay. And had you read the book or books? No, okay. no, not at all. I'm not big on spoilers. I, I hate it when people tell me the end of things. I don't want to know. Okay. I want to have the experience. I almost <laughs> killed a guy once. I did. I almost killed a guy. I was at physical therapy. Okay. And there was a guy next to me. And you know how you're like laying on a table at physical therapy, doing your physical therapy. Okay. And it was my birthday. And it was the actual day of my birthday. And every year on my birthday, we go to see whatever Avengers movie has just opened that year. And there's, okay. always, there's always an Avengers movie the weekend of my birthday. They sure. moved it up this time, actually. It was, it was like earlier than my birthday. I can't remember. Oh, that's what it was. It was earlier than my birthday. They moved it to the end of April. My birthday is at the beginning of May. Right. So we still wanted to go for my birthday. And, and when I say we, it was like 21 people. And it wasn't this year during COVID. It was the, one, the year before. Yeah. And it was like, it, it's a massive gathering of people who know I love Avengers movies and we all go to see whatever it is. Yeah. It's it's grown over the years. So it was like twenty something of us and we <laughs> bought the tickets and everybody was it was like a big deal. Yeah. And the guy next to me is like somebody says, Oh yeah, did you see that? They mentioned the movie somehow. Yeah. 
And before I could get it out, because I usually say, blah, 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 don't want to hear that. But, you know, you're in the middle middle of PT and it's a big group of, you know, you don't want to be an asshole. So this asshole (laughs) says, yeah, man, I saw it. Iron Man bites the dust. And it's like, oh, my God. And I... I was like, I, I couldn't even speak for a moment. And then I, I was just, I, I let it rip. I literally almost killed him. I said, do you have any idea what it's like to wait years for a movie? It's the last freaking movie of the last Avengers movie. And it's like, you just can't do that. So that's how much I hate spoilers and I hate people who spoil movies. Yeah. So but that was a big one. Yeah, the so for people for the you know the couple of people who end up listening to this right who who don't know this you you write shows and and things that you write scripts for a living right yes um, I do and have for many you've written many many of them um, too so, many yeah that's debatable but I think um, but do you still after doing it. Um, so much and being so in the particulars and the mechanics of it, are you still able to enjoy watching a movie? And like, are you always, can you switch off to like your, your analysis or your, you know, sort of script reading portion of you and just enjoy the thing? Yes. I I can go back to my lizard brain like the rest of you and watch like normal. Okay. Cause it's, I mean, you have to, I mean, and even when I write, you have to, you have to have that experience. Okay, what's the audience thinking at this very moment right now? In my head, right? Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's why I can binge Lost for yeah. how many? 148,000 episodes, and I can still really like it. Yeah. But I am picky. I am really picky about things and don't work. So, are you um if something's uh if something it's 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 like critique but you know i'm sure people who paint houses drive down the street and say man look at that bad job around that window you know what i mean you can't help right. yourself right you must do it all the time with music yeah yeah although i think yeah i think maybe it's analogous i mean there's i have a hard time with um like going to live concerts is not the same to me as it used to be when I was young. Like it's lost the, a certain amount of the magic feeling that I would get because I don't know, either been to too many or been, you know, participated in too many or something that some of the, um, some of the mystique is gone from it, but I can, I mean, I still love listening to music every day and listening to records and things like that. So there's, I think I can understand that idea of like you can enjoy it for what it is and then you can maybe, you know, focus in or, or soften the focus on the critique of the mechanics and so forth. Um, yeah. I think the one thing that's different with me and it happens with, you know, cause Liza and I write together sometimes and she's, you know, becoming more of a script writer and, it's and Lexi's like that too. We just don't like leave a movie or stop watching a show and turn it off 
we have to talk about the whole thing that we've just watched. We can't uh-huh. like let it go. It's not like, oh yeah, that was good. What are we going to do now? It's like, no, 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 no. We're going to go out to dinner. We're going to talk about the movie for another hour and a half and what sure. was good and what was bad. And that kind of, that kind of drives people crazy. Yeah. Although that seems fun. Like that seems like, um, I was thinking about this the other day, right? Like when you, when you know more about something, you can sometimes appreciate it more, right? Because there's more things about it that you can appreciate because you understand how it was done and you can look at it in more deeply in some ways than, than yeah it's like deeper it. analysis and yeah i mean but i was also that kid in english class that overanalyzed everything we read and it was like all right already we get it you really like the book you know what it means and it's like yeah but didn't you get like the callback on page 83 from page you know it's like right yeah 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 so you Even the teachers to, were like, give it a rest. <laughs> the, you talked about, um, you mentioned co-writing, right, with one of your daughters. But in general, I'm interested in how, uh, I'm interested in that topic of how you, how you collaborate, how you co-write. So, I mean, it's one thing to, I think, collaborate with people who have sort of different functions, right? Like if you're... I don't know what the analogy would be. I don't know if I need an analogy here, right? But some, but to be doing kind of the same thing, like I'm writing and you're writing and we're writing together. Like how do you approach that? How do you approach writing together? Like what is that? Well, there's in television, it's really different because you have a writing staff on a show. Right. So there's usually five to sometimes even 10 writers on the staff if there's, uh, if there's partners, if there's, you know, it's a big staff, if it's a huge order. Yeah. Um, and you all sit in a room and you literally come up with, you break, it's called breaking the story. You come up with what each episode is going to be together. You come up with a season arc first. Right. And then episode by episode, you just sit there for like 12 hours a day, which is why I had to have three back surgeries after 32 yeah. years of doing <laughs> it. Um, and, you know, if you're lucky, people will bring you, you know, decent food and snacks and, you know, you can go to the bathroom three times a day, but usually you just sit there and make up stories and, you know, it seems like, Oh, well, what a cush job. But it, it, it sometimes is so uh, frustrating because a story won't break or it just, you just can't get the right twist to it or, and it's got, um, it's got a lot of moving parts in it, a TV script you know, there's a half hour show yeah. that's more of a dramedy or a comedy. And then there's an hour long show, which, you know, is a, a lot of things have, have to happen in that hour in order to keep everybody's attention. And uh, I teach a lot of writing. I teach at Sundance and I teach at AFI and I teach pilot writing, which, it's, which, which is its own skill set because you have to create a world from scratch and, you know, make sure the characters really stand out. And then I also teach you know, spec script writing, which is, oh, I want to write an episode of Law and Order SVU, um, you know, to show people that I can write. And that's more nuts and bolts. And that's kind of figuring out how to dissect an hour-long script, which is broken up on network TV by commercials. And it's easy to see uh, where we call them acts. Every mm-hmm. hour-long script has five acts. Right. And, you know, the the only thing I can really compare it to is if you look at a Shakespeare play and how many, it has five acts too usually, and how many twists and turns there are in the plot. 
And yet you have to have all the character emotion in there so you can feel something at the end of the day. And, you know, Shakespearean plays are like notoriously long. I mean, sometimes if you see them in their full, uh, if they do the full text, they're like three, four hours long. But we've got to do that in 43 minutes if you're writing a network show. That's all you, that's all the screen time you really get. So you have to write a plausible, uh, interesting, funny, emotional, uh, heart action packed, sometimes heartbreaking. Uh, and, and you got to do that all in 43 minutes. And you have to have five different plot turns and emotional turns for your characters within that 43 minutes. So, and you have to make it look effortless. So you're not like, People aren't watching it and going, ah, I, that would never happen. Or, I, right. you know, it has to be believable. Um, and so it's, it's not as easy as it seems. Um, and to do it really, really well, you, people that do it well, when you're sitting there watching it, you don't even know that that's happening. You're just along for the ride. Yeah. And that's kind of like what you strive to achieve in television, which is the minute they turn that show on, you suck them in and they don't even know how you're manipulating them along the way until it's over. And then they just love it. They don't, they're not really thinking about it. So when you, so I, I kind of get the idea of like the, these writers rooms where there's a bunch of people and stuff but like when you're working on something with like one other person or whatever you're collaborating like hey we're gonna uh you know write a pilot together or something like that um how do you work with another person are you like i have this idea let's kick around some ideas or are you like you take this part and i'll do this part or you know i don't how do you how do you go about the collaboration how do you i don't actually write with other writers um i i like on a staff when you're doing what I just mentioned, which is breaking the story in the yeah. room, then the writer will go take that story away and write the script. Yeah. A single writer will write a single script. Okay. Um, some people do write with partners and they like that because yeah. they only have to do half the work and they don't have to sit there alone. I really sort of have to sit there and concentrate and do it alone. It's like, were you the kind of kid that worked well in a study group or were you the kind of kid that needed to go off and be by yourself and absorb it and get it in your head? Um, I've worked with one partner uh, and, you know, she's one of my really, really close friends and we're kind of, she's the only person I've ever uh, worked with where we're so in tune and it's funny because we're so different and our processes are so different, but we just think the same when we get it on the page and we trust each other as writers to know that we're, we're both picky and we both think we're, we're, we're good enough or the other one is just a little bit better than we are. So we're, we're okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like playing tennis. You always want to play if you're going to, you know, you want to play with someone better than you, just a little yeah. bit better than you. You don't want someone to crush you. And, you know, you don't want to have an opponent on the other end of the, on the other side of the court that, you know, can't hit the balls back. But if you find someone who's just a little better than you, but you can, you can get a good shot in every once in a while, you know, that's a good game. Yeah. Yeah. That seems pretty good. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, you, everybody has their own different way. Like if you wrote a song with somebody, you know, would you write the chorus and, you know, they would write the the hook or whatever right. you, you know, whatever you 
you uh, musicians, whatever the lingo is. Yeah, right. right. Well, I guess it, you're right. It probably depend, it depends on the person and what they yeah. bring to the table or how you vibe or connect with them or, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you, it sounds like you're, by and large, you, you prefer doing it by yourself. Um, it's for me it's just faster and easier and but that doesn't mean i don't have to collaborate with people i mean you were saying before when everybody has their own jobs you know i i usually work with producers they're called non-writing producers yeah and they're kind of the people that have deals places or are the ones that try to get projects set up and they always need writers you know they need to pair with writers because they can't they can't produce anything if they don't have anything to produce so it's a good combination because writers are usually non-entrepreneurial. You know, they're, they're kind of their own little selves. In TV, it's a little different. You have to be more entrepreneurial because mm-hmm. you're, kind of the, you're kind of the showrunner. You're the boss. And it attracts people that have more of a holistic approach to making the entire television show than just writing it. Right. Um, so not only do you have to write it, but you kind of have to be in charge of the whole of the whole project yeah um so it's great to have non-writing producing partners to do that with and when you're in the first stages like i have a lot of pilots in development right now and it's great for them to be your sounding boards you know you go off and do the work and then they'll look at it and give you some notes and you know every once in a while they'll call you and say how you doing on that and this and that and you know it's like okay when can you have that and you know you you're the one that goes off and does it but they're always they're always kind of there if you need them and then you also work sometimes well when you're shooting you always work with the director um and sometimes even when you're writing and developing pilots you'll have the director attached and if you have a good relationship with them that's always a great voice to to have uh in terms of giving you suggestions even new fresh ideas that they can say you know what i could do with this scene i could put it here if you give me a wet down and an exterior of a bar it's gonna you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's that kind of that kind of collaboration that that helps the script uh along the way yeah um in addition to watching movies and tv shows what do you like to do to absorb things do you are you are you a book reader do you like listening to music what do you do in in your leisure time in 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 my what (laughs) exactly there's no time that i'm not i mean i'm i'm here during quarantine to be with my mom and and kind of help her uh she's moving and so there's a lot to do and I mean, literally, there's been no day since I've been here that I haven't been at my computer for at least eight to 10 hours because there's yeah. always the next project to do. I, I don't mm-hmm. do one thing at a time. I do like five things at a time. And someone's always wanting the next thing from me yesterday. So um, I'm a bit of a, uh, you could either say workaholic or that that takes us nice and tidy back into, circularly back into yeah. the beginning of our conversation, which is, I'm always the responsible person. It's like, no, right. I really have to finish this. It's got to get done. Are those, um, are those external 
demands or are they things where you're like, I need to do this because this is on my list and it's something I want to do. I want to like initiate this project or I want to work. No, they're, they're external demands okay. because there's like this has, I'm doing a project right now that we found out recently uh, there's a competing project out there. So there's a script, there's, we're very close to, to putting this out onto the marketplace and what we need to do and, and what they need from me this week is uh, the pitch that's going to get us, uh, that's going to go along with the script. And that's something that there was no timetable on until Wednesday. And suddenly mm-hmm. it was like red hot fires under me immediately. We got to get this going because we got to set our pitches in the next two weeks so that we can yeah. beat this other project to the marketplace. Yeah. So that kind of threw everything else off the loop. Um, and I was in the middle of pitching another very important project that I've worked on for years. Um, and I had to put that on hold while I did this. And, you know, cause everybody wants changes. The more you pitch, the more feedback you get, the more you want to go back and make it better or, you know, get better ideas. Um, so it's a constant moving target and there is no, there is no downtime really. And, Again, it's not like uh, I'm on a salary. It's right. not like I'm getting paid to do all of this. Development is development, meaning if you don't sell, you don't make money. So it's kind of the um, it's the unfortunate part of being a writer in in these times when uh, you know you just sort of have to go from project to project. But because of COVID there are no projects being bought or there aren't as many being bought right now as usual. So, you know, you really have to work hard. You got to get five out there maybe to sell one. I'm going to, you don't have to confirm or deny. I'm going to assume the historical project is the one where Chester Arthur becomes a vigilante and goes out and, and writes wrongs. And is basically like the equalizer of his time, but we'll come back to that. Damn you. You're the competing project, aren't you? I know, right? Uh, um, let's talk about, uh, music for a minute. Um, do you, do you listen to music these days at all? I do. I listen to, um, I'm not a music listener while I work. Yeah. And usually most of the time I'm working, I listen to music in the car all the time. Okay. And I try to stay as current as possible. Um, and, and to me, that means, you know, what's on the charts, what's, what is in the public zeitgeist, what, what do I need to use in my next script that's going to feel like I know what the hell I'm talking about, mm-hmm. what, band, what bands are current, what artists are current, you know, what yeah. their singles are, what types of music. Um, I don't necessarily listen. Um, I mean, I love certain kind of music, but yeah. it's, it's not my... Um, I don't have the luxury of sitting down and listening right. to it for my own pleasure, but I really like it in the car. If you did though, is there, what's the stuff you go back to? Like, what are the things where you're like, that's, that's my jam. That's what I listen to if I need to feel good or I need to just get in touch with something or whatever. Are there things that you go back to? Well, in the same way I love popcorn movies, I also love pop music. Uh-huh. I just, I just love, uh, I'm, uh, my tastes are so pedestrian. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's no I am. I am the the most. Um, 
I am the most unrefined person in terms of consumption in any uh-huh. way, shape, or form. Uh, <laughs> I like McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't mean that I, and I appreciate it. You know, it's like, sure. not only do I like it, I, I appreciate so many things about music that just makes people happy or yeah. that, uh, you know, can really, can get a response out of someone yeah. on a global level that just isn't something that, you know, like, who doesn't like a good Beatles song, you know? I mean, it's yeah. it's not so much the era that it comes from. It's whatever is so, whatever touches a chord, whatever is, and I, I don't know, I have this thing about music that um, I know a good song when I hear it. I can't explain to you why I know that it's good, but it's just good. It has, yeah. it has the right, uh, it hits the right buttons in your body that make it a good song. Yeah. And it doesn't, it could be uh, pop. It could be, you know, Sinatra. It could right. be, you know, think about all the songs that all those great artists have recorded. Not all of them were good. Right. But some of them were amazing. And, and those, that's the kind of stuff I really like. The, the, the ones that just really hit you hard. What were the, what was like early in your life? Was there, were there a couple records that were formative for you that you really, really got into or identified with? Were you ever, well, you know, like a band or something like that? I, I, I will never turn off a good Partridge family song. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I was just sort of a child in that era and, um, but you know, I mean, that was that's going back really early. Sure, yeah, but that's um, but it's yeah, but that's exactly what I was. That's what forms you, right? Yeah, it's that that's right. sort of boppy, poppy. But you can you can know a good song when you hear it. They weren't all good, but a couple of them were super good. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, I I love uh, you know sort of piano music, Sinatra, Tony Bennett, swing. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that standards, I just really love standards. Um, and I love people who redo them and remix them. And again, it's all about the song. Yeah. Are you a lyrics person? Um, I, I love a good melody. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just something about uh, the way that notes and chords need to progress in order for me to really appreciate the song. Yeah. Um, and I'll like hear it and I'll, it'll just like zing something in my brain and say, Ooh, that is so good. And um, I like lyrics, lyrics. I, I have this terrible history of um, getting lyrics wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of not being able to understand them and thinking they're one thing all my life. And then, being told right. that's not what that says right so i would say that i listen to music more for the the sound of the music yeah. than but i love i mean lyrics are great when they when they match up perfectly <laughs> right but there can there's like an impressionistic element to it where it yeah it doesn't matter about the you know the sort of specific denotative content right it's just I have the same thing too. Like, I don't know why that, those words s- sung with that inflection on th- those notes against that chord. It doesn't really matter what they mean me, you know? 
there's this fabulous artist that the girls and I listened to a lot when they were kids. And, uh, you know, he would take songs and uh, just say meow, meow all the time. He was just... <laughs> That's right. In fact, there was a, there was a meow meow Christmas album that we just listened to over and over and That's over right. again. It works, right? If it works, it works. Um, if you could have one sort of uh, like artistic ability, like whether it was uh, I don't know playing a particular instrument or being able to do sculpture, I don't know what it. What it is? Is there one that you like? That would be great. Like in my next life, I'd love to be able to do that thing, but I just either don't have it or I didn't develop it or whatever. I wish I could play the piano better. Yeah. I, I wish I was just a natural sitting down at the piano and getting out what's in my head kind of person without yeah. having to, you know, it was always just sort of, I, I, I felt like I wanted to write music and, and play better and do it better. Um, yep. And I just couldn't. And that would always be frustrating. Yeah. Um, are you a sporty person at all, either participating <laughs> or watching? Okay. Watching. Yes. Okay. Watching? Uh, what do you like to watch? Oh, my God. NFL Sunday ticket. Oh, Is that geez, right? That's, that's, my, that's my jam. Is that right? Who's your team? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, now it's the Rams because, yeah. you know, sure. they're in, you know, they're the Rams, but we have two teams now. We have the Rams and the Chargers, so we have we have twice twice the chance of losing in one weekend, which is, you know. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and you know, there's always there's always a soft spot for the Bears. Sure. That's awesome. But yeah, no, the NFL and, and it's it's pro football. I'm not a college football fan. Okay. Yeah. And so do you basketball. I just love competition. I just I will watch anything on television. I mean, when I was a kid, I would sit and watch bowling on Saturdays. You did. That was like, oh my God, I loved bowling on oh, Saturdays. It was so great. Fabulous. I was wondering who watched that and now I know. <laughs> And the Olympics, I just can't sure. wait for them. Sure. I just, I, I have to watch that, that, you know, it's the whole thrill of victory, alchemy yes. of defeat thing. You know, yes. you have a wide world of sports. You hear that every weekend and it's like, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you too. I mean, I still get excited when the Olympics come around. I mean, it's, it's, I'm pumped about it. So do you like set aside like on Sunday, you're like, all right, got my sandwich, got my whatever. Like, here we go. Turn on the TV. Let's do this. Where you're all day. Awesome. From, and you know, Love cause that. we're on, we're on the West coast. So sure. we're 10, we're 10 AM, you know, till the yeah. late game only goes to about 9 PM. We're not, we're not midnight people like the East coast people are, right. but 10 AM to 9 PM on Sundays. Uh, you know, that is me. I've got the, I watch the eight window screen. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm in a pool, so you know you, you are. I, I, oh yeah. Um, okay. So you know, there's always who am I? Who am I? Uh, who am I winning and losing with this week? Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's it is the the best the best sixteen seventeen weeks of the year. So great. I love this about you. Tell me, do you, is your pool thing based on like, it's not a fantasy league thing with the players, right? No, it's no, no, no. You're picking by, games, you're picking winners. You, you, and, you pick straight up, no points. Yeah. Uh, every game of the week. 
and whoever you know what's the best whatever the best record is how do you do in the pool in your pool are you are you i have won the pool once a long time ago uh and that was thrilling that was like one of my major achievements and then liza won the pool which made my achievement sour because she was only i think nine at the time (laughs) but i was very happy for her yeah uh and you know she she won because she played by the golden rule, which is never bet against the bears. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wait, the golden rule is never bet against or never bet on. Never bet against the bears. Okay, it's bad. It's bad juju to bet against the bears. Okay, That's funny. <laughs> Although I imagine some people made a fair amount of money over the years betting against the bears, but <laughs> correct. Um, yeah, I get I get the juju factor. Um, I have a couple other just kind of different kinds of questions for you. Um, what's your you ever been interested in like politics or like going into it or getting involved in that? Uh, yeah, actually, I mean, when I was younger, it was sort of the do I go into politics or do I go into show business kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you're you're scratching back into the history of the thon when yeah. I would, you know, run for student council every year and yeah. and it was just like I liked it. I liked I liked the whole idea of, you know, being able to affect change and representing. I mean more it was it was more about, well, we need to speak our minds and we need to make sure that they you know, I, I just I liked it. It was a leadership sort of mm-hmm. responsibility position. Yeah. Um but I didn't mind doing it. And, you know, it was like, it was a chore for some other people to have to do those things, but not for me. Yeah. And the problem, and, you know, it's the same way with anything. It's the same way with show business. It's like the purity of it is what I love. Yeah. And the bullshit of it is what just crushes me. Just yeah. the idea that there's so much in the way of doing it the right way. Yes. Right. Um, and the the kind of line in the sand was, um, I would rather have that feeling in something that didn't matter in people's real lives, yeah, than have that feeling and knowing that I was, you know, not being able to do as well as I wanted to or help as many other people in a way that they really needed help. It was like, oh my god, I, I don't think I could live like that. Yeah, the stakes or the consequences are are different there. I mean, you write a bad show, you get canceled. <laughs> right. Right, but people don't get kicked out of their homes, generally speaking. Right. right? But, but you write a good show and you make millions of people happy, which is yeah. amazing. It's pretty great. And even, even when you write a bad show, you still make a bunch of people happy, just not enough to keep you on the air. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's a very good point. Um, when you think about yourself when you were younger, not a kid, but a younger adult now, um, are there, is there anything you can think of that you used to believe that now you believe the opposite of? Just You know, it's funny. My, my mom and I, and I'm talking a lot about my mom because I'm living with her for the first time in 50 years or right. 40 years. Um, 
But she's always said to me in every stage of my life, just, you just wait until you get to be my age. You're just wait. And it's like every step of the way she's been wrong. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I, I don't feel that way. Yeah. Every time she says it, I said, mom, do you remember when you told me I would feel this way 20 years? It's like, it's just not, it's not who I am. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been easy for me to say I've had the same belief system all my life. Sure. I don't, I don't think too many things. I think, um, I'm not as, uh, idealistic is the wrong word because I'm still pretty freaking idealistic, but, um, I, I, I am not as certain yeah. that, uh, that things will always get better. Um, I kind of am in my heart of hearts, but you know, there's sort of the, the younger version of that, which is things are going to get better quickly right. and I can make them get better. And I, you know, because when you are younger, you can do more things to change your life in a quicker way. Um, and then as you become uh, encumbered with things, good, good things and bad things, mm-hmm. uh, you can't you can't turn the oil tanker as quickly as possible to affect good change. Yeah, um, you can still do it. It's just more complicated. Uh, so you know, those are. I would say that that's something that I've learned mm-hmm. and that I've gr- I've kind of grown into. It's like, you know, the, it's that it's that twenty pounds you can't get rid of. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> it's the same feeling. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But I still think I can lose it. Right. You've got the, you've got that embedded optimism, right? That's fundamental. Yes. To you. That's great. Do you think that that's just a thing you were, you talked about earlier, kind of having your like sort of uh, innate temperament and stuff. Do you think that that, that that's where like your optimism comes from it's just how you are or is it something that you developed or learned or something i never remember not feeling this way yeah. so i would say it's how i am um I, the glass is always half full for me and yet i understand the half empty part it's not it's not like i'm being foolish yeah it's like I, i'm i'm over cautious about what could happen yep. so that i make sure it doesn't happen if that if that yeah. makes sense the way I said it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but what, what I'm not and what I recognize now more than ever, um, there are certain people who are ruled by fear and other people who aren't or who believe that I'm, I'm, if there's one bad trait that I have, it is that I'm fearless and mm-hmm. that's, it's good in a lot of ways and, and really sort of, bad in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um you know I'm, I'm never afraid to speak my mind i'm never afraid to uh you know try something that might be difficult uh all of those things get me into situations sometimes that eh, maybe i shouldn't have gotten into um but on the other hand i'm not afraid of i'm not afraid of the boogeyman i'm not afraid of things that you know people try to make me afraid of mm-hmm. um and not being afraid is really empowering. Sure. And, 
you know, people say, well, how, you, how can you be so confident? It's like, I'm not confident. I'm very insecure about a lot of things <laughs> in my life. What I am is not afraid. Yeah. Right. There's a difference between those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like for you, the net is right. There's a lot more upside to not being afraid than there is potential downside, even though. There's kind of only potential downside to being afraid. Yeah. Um, and you can't make progress if you're afraid. Uh, yeah. you, you just are um, paralyzed if you're afraid. You are, uh, it, 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 it foments anger if you're afraid because mm-hmm. it puts you in a position where you cannot, you're, you're sort of blinded by your fear and you, you can't see anything other than what you're afraid of. Um, and when you're not afraid, I mean, I'm not, I'm not being unrealistic. I mean, there are certain things I'm, I hate spiders. I'm afraid of spiders. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid of bad drivers. I'm afraid yes. of, you know, I'm not dumb. Right. Um, but I am not afraid of ideas and I'm not afraid of mm-hmm. people and I'm not afraid of things that are not true if I yeah. know they're not true. Yeah. Um, it, you cannot help but be afraid of the dark if you think about it. Like, it, it, sometimes I do this thing at night when, I'm, when I need to get out of bed and go get something that I've forgotten if I forgot my phone in another uh-huh. room. Or, um, okay, can I put it in the dark? Or do I have to turn a light on? Yeah. And part of it is really talking yourself into not being afraid of the dark because if you if you realize that you're in the dark all of a sudden your spidey senses go up and it's like oh, oh my god i'm in the dark and yeah. what's over there and somebody you know and i'm like going it's the same freaking room i was just in <laughs> and if i turn the light on i won't be afraid right so if you can just convince yourself of all of that and not be scared of what you can't see or what you don't know or uh, just basically not be scared. Um, but it's a hard thing to do. I mean, even yeah. I, some, you know, it's a hard thing to do. Speaking of which, do you believe in ghosts? Your ghosts? I, you know, I've done so many sci-fi shows and I've done yeah. so much research and, um, you know, my, my regular brain says, Eh, not really possible the way everybody thinks about them. Right, right. But, you know, there, there are instances, there are, I mean, look, what I really know is we didn't know uh, 90% of the things that we didn't know today, a hundred years ago. Right. Um, we just, we didn't, you know, things would have scared us. Things would have been supernatural to people you know, yes. before they understood wh- what they were. So you always have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Yes. That's a very good point. I think about that all the time. I said at every point in history, people think like, well, there it is. We know it all. We got there. Right. We, or we at least know exactly what we don't know. And right. Never. It's never been true. So there's, um, when you're talking about the, the these ideas of, of, 
fear and people being sort of inhibited by being scared of things and stuff like that, it seems like some of that has to do with specifically being concerned or unconcerned with what other people think of you or your ideas um, and stuff. Do you think that's, you think that's a big part of it? And like, how have you um, maybe evolved or something in that way on that spectrum of like, I, I'm, I'm care about what people think of me versus I, I don't care. Well, I don't give a shit about what people think of me and yeah. I never have. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, that's the, when you're trafficking in and about what people think about what I think. Mm-hmm. And that's different than saying, I don't give a shit about what people think about me. Interesting. I would never, I, I would hate it. Or didn't behave well. I wasn't. I, I about me, but I don't care about what people think about what I think. Yeah. Okay. Does that help yeah. you? It does. It does. We had. A, we I don't a... want to be a. It would really. It would really bother me if people were out there um, saying things that were untrue about me. Uh, that's that's something about what's happening in society today with, you know, any type or form of media. I mean, it's always been around, obviously, rumor and innuendo and, you know, using that against people. Right. But that bothers me. I mean, that, that is, that is something that um, if I had a fear, that is, that is something that I would fear being misunderstood or misrepresented. Um, anything that's unfair. I, I don't, I don't feel I'm very much about whenever I see unfairness or, or think something is, is tilted wrong towards one thing or another, it, it, it really bothers me. Sure. Um, but I, I will say, I, I will not care about what people think if I say something about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. That makes sense. I'm just, I'm thinking about this a little bit. I'm absorbing what you're saying, um, right? The difference between thinking about what people think about what you think, that distinction between maybe the, as opposed to. Uh, the way, the way that, um, the way that I always think about it in my business is yeah. that um, it's way, it's very easy for me to be a writer. I don't think I could ever be an actor. Mm-hmm. being an actor would be being judged on such a different level that would be so difficult. Um, and, you know, maybe people who, uh, and maybe I can be a writer because I'm confident in the things that I think about and in my, in my skill sets and yeah. talents in that area. Maybe actors don't feel that way. Maybe actors uh, want to be actors because, you know, they, they're extremely photogenic or they can do the things that uh, they want to be judged by because those yeah. are their first, those are their skill sets that are the, the best in their, 
in their, those are the best arrows in their quiver. Right. Um, I mean, I guess everybody wants, everybody wants to do the thing that they do best, but, sure. um, you know, being judged, being judged for the person that I am versus for what I think, I think are, are two separate things because I try to be a really good person. It's, it's, do you think it's, there's something in there where it's like, to use your example of like sort of writing versus acting where uh, the work is the work and that's separate from yourself, even though you put yourself into it and it's important to you, I'm sure and stuff like that. The idea that like, well, if you don't like my story, okay, like you can like it or not like it, but I know that it's good or I know what I think of it and I don't really care what you think of it versus it sounds like the way you're describing like the actor thing it's more about there's there's less of a distinction between the work and oneself right you're yeah you sort of are the work on i mean you're not but it perception wise right people see it as you right yeah. much more than they see it as like oh that character you portrayed on screen and the way you embodied them and blah 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 like they they just see it as you right they don't see it as well, think about it. I mean, if somebody doesn't like one of my pitches, I got a million of them. Right. If somebody doesn't like, you know, what I look like and who I am and, you know, what type I am and whatever I can play. If someone doesn't like me because I'm a, you know, a woman of a certain age with black curly hair and, right. you know, that's just not, I can't change that. Yeah. I can always change right. the next idea. Right. That's kind of hard. But I mean, the other way to look at it is um, being judged for what I believe in and being judged for who I am are two totally different things. I mean, I can, I, I am not afraid to say uh, that I don't believe in God, mm -hmm. but I know I'll be judged for it. But what I would be, what would be, Worse for me is for people to think that I'm a bad person because of that. In other words, yeah. don't judge me. Don't judge, you know, you can say whatever you want. I don't care that, that you think I'm wrong for not believing right. in God. What right. I care about is, do you think I'm a good person? Yeah. Or do you think, do you think that I'm, that makes me a bad person? Or do you really know me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, and then, of course, when the Spanish Inquisition comes back, I'm screwed. But well, yes, all be. all of this is only because we live in a free and democratic society, which is on the verge of collapsing. So, right. ask me again. Ask me again in a year, and my answers might be different. Yeah, you better soak it up while you've got the chance. I'll be in the gulag. That's right. Yeah. Well, you won't be alone. Um, but yes, I totally get it. Um, when you think ahead, um, is there anything particular that you think like, this is something I want to explore in my life? Like, do you have stuff like that in mind? I want to open a yarn store in Maine. Awesome. Are you a knitter or a stitcher or a whatever? A knitter, a crocheter. Okay. okay. Yeah. Knitter. Okay. I just love it. And I, I, you know, I don't have a lot of time to do it, but yeah. 
I just, you know, I, I want to do something that, and it, not that it, anything is simple and any business yeah, is simple, but course. I don't even care about the store part. I just, I just want to like go to a yarn store every day and goof around. <laughs> right. Right. I love that. Um, is it soothing for you to do knitting? Like, is it? Yeah. I yeah. love it. That's I awesome. love designing it. I love the yarn part. I love, I mean, I, I have storage bins full of yarn that I buy and just right. wait to figure out what to do with. <laughs> so that's really great. This is very interesting to me. So like, I was just talking about this with somebody, I think yesterday, the, the idea that like, of loving like all the components of an activity, right? From end to end, right? Like, so for me, like I like, I like uh, nosing around and evaluating music gear. I like practicing the guitar. I like playing the guitar, I like playing at a gig. I like packing up for the gig. I like getting my duffel bag out and putting the right gear in there. Like all, so when you can enjoy all the steps in the process, that's pretty fun. Right. So it sounds yeah. like you've got that with, with knitting and stuff like you like, I assume you like going and like looking at the colors of yarn and evaluating them. And then like, Oh God, I got websites. I've got magazines. Yeah, I've got sure. every, you know, I call them recipes. They're, you know, whatever the hell they are, they're uh, uh, patterns. I've got yeah. colors. I've got uh, the girls once organized my yarn. I, I built a whole closet for my yarn and they put it all, they, they organize it by color. And it was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And it's just, it, you know, it just makes me happy. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Right. How nice that you have that. Yeah. That you have that refuge. That's awesome. And I've never once finished something that I'm, I've made for myself, but all I do is I, I like, in fact, I, I, you can you can order one up, and I'll make it for you. Um, I'll make you a blanket. I'm I love okay. making people blankets because they remember me. And sure, like I was I, I was just talking to Connie the other day, Aunt Connie, and yeah. she goes, you know, Fawn. She goes, every night when it gets a little chilly, I you know go to the yeah. foot of the bed, and I that blanket you made me i just pull it up and i think of you every night and i go that's why i make them how good is that right yeah yeah i imagine there's that real well like you said before i mean it's different but yeah like when you make a show that makes a lot of people happy that's a real cool thing yeah this is a this is another it's the same thing i guess really. it's, well and cooking it's the same thing i yeah. just love cooking yeah but i love cooking for other people you know yeah. it's not like I don't cook for myself. I don't, you know, yeah. I just enjoy making pretty things. And, you know, sometimes with knitting and with cooking, and I know this about myself, it's very frustrating when I go through times when my, uh, my scripts don't get produced. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. me and the script. And it's, you know, I, I have so many pilots that haven't been produced. I have, I've been paid to write them. I get paid to write a lot of things, but a lot, not a lot of them get produced if I'm not on a, if I'm not on a series. Right. And I need to, I need to have that feeling of actually making something yeah. of putting in the effort and knowing that, Oh, that exists now because I made it. Uh, I don't care that people eat it. 
I mean, that's why I like the knitting more than the cooking <laughs> because, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I like to know that people have my things, you know, on their couches and on their beds or, yeah. you know, around their shoulders or whatever. That's so great. It's, uh, I mean, I love that you just get the, the pure satisfaction from it, you know, because I think there's, yeah, like with probably, I mean, I'm sure I don't really know that much about the world of knitting or professional knitting, but there probably is one or something like that. But I think like, oh yeah, it's big. But when I think about like, <laughs> I can only imagine, I'm going to do some research after this, but there's like, you know, when I think about like the cooking thing, right, that that's become like, there's a sort of a celebrification of that in recent, right in the last 10 years and, and all this stuff. And I think, I don't know, it's, it's nice to go back to something where it's just for its own yeah. sake, right? Where you're not trying to like get ahead or blah, blah, blah. It's also kind of cracks me up as just as a side thing where like people are like, oh my God, this person, you know, their restaurant is so blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't know if you grew up in my family, like I'm not that impressed with these other people's cooking, like frankly, like, right. Uh, you know, you can pretty much like, you can't swing a dead cat in my family without hitting somebody who knows how to cook stuff. That's awesome. Right. So this idea that the rest of the world just figured out that like cooking can be good or people can be good at it. I'm like, I don't really. I'm, I'm, but that feeling, I mean, you know, that feeling that we all get when we, when we're all together and we sit yeah. at a table and, yeah. you know, we're all eating something that one of us has made and, you know, it's just, it's great. And, you know, that, that would be, I mean, if I had a, if I had an international wish, it would be to have a taverna on some island <laughs> that I wouldn't yeah. care whether people, I, I, I wouldn't need to have a lot of people. I would yeah. just need to have a few people, everyone. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, what yep. would you like? Let me make it for you. Yeah. Here are these six things that we have. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. I mean, it's nice to know. It sounds really great to know that you have those, at least, you know, those two examples. Maybe there's more, right, of things that you just love to do for their own sake and to share with with people, stuff that have really nothing to do with the kind of like world of external rewards and right acknowledgement and stuff like that it's good i love it all right well i feel like we could talk all night but um we'll probably wrap up the formal part of it Thanya i gotta says, check on gotta check on poo and see if she needs dinner yeah listen you gotta make sure that lady is is taken care of i love I you and i thank you for being uh on the doing the thing with me I love you too. Are you supposed to say that to your podcast host? I don't say it to everybody. Oh, okay. I, I don't say it to all the